Hey friends, welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra, and we're two moms that live across the street from each other. And between us, we have 10 kids. We live life together, have fun, and we just want to share that with you guys. We are so glad you're here. On this podcast each week, we think everyone needs a little bit of hope. And we want to tell stories of hope, of how God has changed people's lives. He's shown up in good times and in hard times, and and He can show up for you too. All right, we hope you enjoy. back to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan, and we're so glad you're here. Sorry we weren't around the last couple of weeks. Kendra and I have had a chance to do some in-person ministry with His Beloved, and it's filled our hearts, but also filled our schedules, <laughs> and we didn't quite have time to record an episode. But we're back, and we're so glad to be here. And we had so much fun getting to meet you guys and see your faces and hear your stories. And um It really gave us some new excitement and energy for this. And if you're interested in joining us, we're having a Bible study that's meeting on Thursdays at Leanna's house at 1130. And you can email us and we'll give you the info of how to join us. But today we have real life experts on our podcast, which is so fun. We have Alfredo and Susan Navarez and Alfredo and Susan's lives were changed when they fell in love with the guardian angels a few years ago. And Alfredo is the kind of person who just loves to learn. He researches, he um, just eats up information and is able to explain it beautifully. And so now he leads talks and gives information about the angels to those of us who are really interested in learning. So today we get to hear their story, how they, um, how God brought them together, even though it was difficult and long, they just knew that God was calling them. And then he gets to share his love for the angels with us. We have some questions we ask him, and he goes pretty deep in the theology of angelology, which is not an easy concept to understand. I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to wrap my brain around what it means to love and follow my guardian angel. So if you're in the same boat, let's learn together. All right, guys, hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. We have some wonderful guests with us today. We do. I feel like um, we're very grown up today. Have we to have to be grown like up. Actual <laughs> experts in the room who we, you, they're not just one of our friends that we're bringing on. Like these are people who have so much information to give you. We're so excited. Yes, very excited and a little intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to say that. Um, but our guests are Alfredo and Susan Navarez. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, and so. Let's backtrack a little bit. So in the month of July, I was driving my girls home from, well, I was driving home from dropping them off at the Pines Catholic Camp. And um, a couple weeks prior to that, I had offered up just a quick prayer um, to my guardian angel. Like, I just want to know more about my guardian angel. I could feel um, his presence, um, and I wanted to know more. And so I think my angel just led me to thumb through some previous recordings of Drew Mariani And there was one on angels, and so I listened to it. There were actually two parts to this, Um, and so that's whenever I first heard Alfredo, and he was sharing, um, and Susan, you were on that Mm -hmm. interview too, Mm -hmm. and so that was my first time just hearing, but everything that y'all talked about was specifically a desire of my heart, of what I wanted to know about my guardian angel, and it was so cool, and then you talked about Opus Angelorum, and 
um, how you can consecrate yourself to your guardian angel and this beautiful experience. And then others, you know, called in and witnessed to it. And I just happened to look on their website and there was a retreat, excuse me, a silent retreat in my area, which they only have about 10 a year across the United States. They had one in my area the following month. And so I was like, Chris, I'm going. Okay. I support you. And I went and it was a silent retreat. It was, it was so beautiful and it has um, begun my journey with a lot of what I've been sharing and what God's doing in my heart. Um, It began my journey and I knew that you had influence in bringing it to the area mm. and um you just happened to live hop skip and a jump down yeah. the that road a bit they lived in austin <laughs> right they live near us yeah and so i kind of um stalked you via email through up in delorum and they sent me your information and and lo and behold here you are so thank you so much for being here would y'all like to share a little bit about yourselves uh sure so as you mentioned um my name is alfredo navarez I have been married to my amazing and lovely wife, Susan, for a little over six years now. And we've had a, uh, you know, by God's grace, a very uh, a very grace-filled and blessed marriage. And with that in mind, it helped us to um, start this journey of the angels, which I'll, I'll get into a little bit more mm-hmm. after, after the introductions. But, you know, for myself, I'll, I think like I mentioned to, to you um before we started, I came back to, the, I was raised a good Catholic mm-hmm. uh, kid, boy. you know, I was an altar boy, wow. everything like that, but then I turned 15 and I decided I was the smartest person to ever walk the planet, <laughs> so, as all 15 year olds yes. are, so, mm-hmm. you know, so I stopped going to church, you know, became a, a pretty much a, a, a bad seed, troublemaker, mm-hmm. um, and I was that for about 16 years, mm-hmm. but you know, God has those graces for us for a reason. And my mother, may God bless her, may she rest in peace, she passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she never gave up hope mm-hmm. for my return. And then uh, one day I decided, uh, it's kind of a long story, but I was dating a, a woman that was much different than the women that I normally date mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, she was a born-again evangelical. Mm-hmm. And she was enkindling in me and bringing up kind of those the things of my youth. Mm-hmm. And and I was posing some serious questions to myself for which I didn't have answers. You know, I'm, I'm an engineer by training and a scientist. I've always been a, a, um, a science nerd <laughs> and a math nerd. You and my husband get along. <laughs> <laughs> so... I basically decided, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to mass and see what they see, you know, just to check it out. So I go and I remember I drove by San Jose in mm-hmm. Austin, and I saw they had a 9:30 mass, which worked because that way I could see the Cowboys at noon, <laughs> which, was, which, was, which was more important to me. And um, and then something happened to me in, in mass. You know, it's been so long since I've been to mass. I didn't know when to sit, kneel, stand. I didn't even know the words of the Our Father. I knew nothing. And the mass had probably changed the words? A little bit, but, you know, you know. Oh, you said this is 20 years ago. Yeah, it's 20 so years yeah, ago, yeah. So, yeah. so it, it, was, it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And, um, but during the consecration, which, again, I didn't even know what the consecration was. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at the stained glass window, which is above the altar of that, of that church. And all of a sudden I felt, for lack of a better term, this amazing, amazing surge of mm. power 
presence shoot through me. Now, I had a very filthy, filthy mouth back then, so it would not be shocking to me if I uttered some expletive whenever that happened. <laughs> but I, um, I sat there confused for the rest of the time. But I am a person that if I don't know something, I'm going to find out. Mm. So the next day, um, and also back then I was kind of a bodybuilder guy, and I had a hair down to my waist and piercings <laughs> wow. and, and all this other stuff. And so I walked into the church office of San Jose and I say, I need to see a priest. <laughs> and they're like, um, well, do you have an appointment? I go, no, I just need, to, I, just, I just have some questions. It's like, well, is there something we can help you with? I go, I just want to see a priest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I guess I was getting kind of loud. <laughs> so, may God bless him. This uh, And he, he continues to be a good friend of mine to this day. He's, he's now retired. His name was uh, Father Kirby. And so he uh, stuck his head. He goes, I'm a priest. (laughs) He goes, I can help you. And so we spent about uh, three months going back and forth over some pretty difficult topics. And uh, Mm -hmm. he would give me things to read. I would read them. We would come in. We would discuss them. And it was interesting because at the time, San Jose was the largest parish in in Austin. Mm -hmm. And after a few weeks of this, I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm taking this priest's time mm-hmm. and uh i'm very telling like oh i'm sorry because we would meet like once or twice a week for a couple of hours usually wow and um and i said father I'm, I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time and he goes oh no 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 i'm loving this because this is why he became a priest not yes. to sit there and pay bills and have all these meetings but this is why he became a priest yeah. and so long story short I, I i found my way back into the church eventually and um as I always tell people, I was out causing trouble for many, many years. <laughs> now I'm out causing trouble for the Lord. So, <laughs> so that, that part hasn't changed. And you know, yeah. that, and that's one thing to remember about our, about who we are. God made us. God gave us our temperament. God gave us the gifts that he gave us. Now we can sit there and unfortunately abuse those gifts and misdirect those gifts and, yeah. and whatever. But we're still the person that we are. Mm-hmm. You know, if we see it in scripture, he didn't change Paul's personality. He didn't change Peter's personality. Mm-hmm. All he did was give them give them the proper direction. I love that. Yes, yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and, and that's for me. I mean, I you know, yeah. uh, my wife can share with you why she and I kind of uh, found each other. But one of the things that she liked about me was I was I I, I like having a good time. Still yeah. do. Joyful Christian. And so, and that's one of the things I always tell people. I take my faith very seriously. Yeah. But I strive to live my life very joyfully. That's beautiful. So, I so that's that. a little bit about me, and I'll, we can talk about the rest later. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll Susan? Pass on to Susan. Yeah, so um, I, uh, we've been married six years, and I love that he has such a joyful heart for God and just desires and loves God more than I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, yeah, I get in, loves God more than he loves me, is what I meant to yeah. say. And I love God more than, uh, Amen. Uh, than I love him. So that was a very uh, important thing for us. And it sounds kind of harsh but we always say we're not each other soulmates god is our soulmate mm-hmm. so i love that, I love that. <laughs> it's kind of harsh to say but that's the truth i mean our we were destined for god and and our mm-hmm. husbands and wives are our vehicle to help us to get to heaven it um, takes so much pressure off the marriage too to not have to yes. be each other's well, well because you yeah. know we we have this especially in in the modern sense we have this this um unfortunately skewed view that our spouse is the source of our happiness. Right. Yes. That that's an unrealistic expectation to put mm-hmm. on anyone. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and that was, you know, when I when I started. So, uh, I'm I uh, I went through a divorce about eleven years ago now, I guess. And um, and then when I when I you know I sat there and prayed for a long time about it afterwards, and and it was a it was a shocking thing for me, mm-hmm. Not, something I never expected ever to be mm-hmm. to have to go through. Um, but one thing it did do was give me a lot more empathy for people who have been divorced because right. I had none. Oh. I was basically, you know, very judgmental and said, "Well, you know, you, you, you obviously didn't work uh, hard enough towards your marriage. You didn't sacrifice mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. so forth." But it, you know, so you know, God, God has His way of uh, dealing with uh, dealing with His children. <laughs> and um, but when I decided to start, you know, prayed and prayed about it, and you know, God convicted me that marriage was my vocation. So. My prayer to him was very simple, and I said, "Well, Lord, if I do find another, you know, if I do find a, a wife, I want to be sure that she understands my love for you. Mm-hmm. That she understands that I will never put anyone above you, including her. Mm-hmm. And if she can't accept that, then I'd rather just move on." And that was my prayer, and. Lo and behold, Susan, <laughs> Susan had a very similar prayer. Wow, you know, Susan, I'll, I'll speak, you know, because she, she won't share this usually about herself, but Susan's great desire was to be a, a nun. Wow. And so she tried many times to be a nun, uh, but uh, God had something, I won't better. say better, yeah. but I'll say, oh, I'll, I'll, say I'll say different <laughs> for her. And, uh, but, you know, that, that, that shows you that she was at least open to it. You know, mm-hmm. she saw that this that God was not leading her down that path, and and we had a little bit of a rocky uh, start to uh, our relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just kind of real quick, um, you I guys just, can absolutely just tell us the story now. Yeah. Don't even worry about questions. I want to hear the story. <laughs> I know. Let's just roll. <laughs> we don't need those. Carry on. Sorry, you can always edit it later. <laughs> <laughs> Lots we of editing. We usually start with questions because it gives us a chance to kind of ease in, but y'all are just going, and I want to hear. Sure. So, Holy Spirit, go. Um, so, like Alfredo said, we did have a rocky relationship. I've been wanting to be a nun forever since I was small. God said, um, no, keep doing what you're doing, living your vacation as a single person. So I did, serving the Lord as a single person. And um, and then so I, I met Alfredo along the way, and um, Alfredo already had five children, mm-hmm. and I'd never had any children, never been married. And so... Long story short, my mom pretty much said, if you continue seeing him, you can't come home anymore. Because I, I, I lived, I had my own house, but she said, you can't basically can't visit me. Wow. So, um, of course, that was scary. And I understood yeah. her concern. I mean, five, taking on five children, you know, being involved with a man is huge. I mean, that's a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally understood her perspective. Um, I didn't understand why she said the other words to not come <laughs> to her house anymore, but that's yeah. her choice. Um, so... I broke up with Alfredo at least three or four times because of that fear. And the last time we were broken up uh, was for 14 months, and I prayed every day for him, uh, just asking God to bless him and change me. That was a prayer that I learned in confession many times during that 14-month period. A good priest uh, that I would go to confession to, he said, just pray this prayer. Lord, bless him and change me. Mm -hmm. And unbeknownst to me the Lord was changing my heart because during those breakup times not only was I um, fearing losing my family but I would always hear things like 
those are all your kids whenever we would be in public. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, and so yeah. I, it was it was scary even for me, like, to take on, you know, all these kids, like, the possibility, mm-hmm. and I would hear, oh, he just wants, he just wants you as his maid, he's going to be, you know, he just wants you as his babysitter, and, mm-hmm. oh, you're throwing your life away, and, and so. But were those things that people said to you, or just lies that you heard? No, they, they said those things to me. Wow. <laughs> <Ouch. laughs> and so, at the time, too, I was playing a lot of music in, in a band, and, and they were like, you know, you just, what a waste if you're going to be getting married you know what a waste you have all this ahead of you so anyway fast forward we ended up getting married um and I I think about it now and I and I think about I would not have learned to love as Christ love as uh, as Christ loved in suffering if I would have I think if I would have remained single and continued playing music which there's nothing wrong with that that, Mm -hmm. but that was not my path yeah um and so God, Christ is showing me how to love even in times when I do not feel loved. And I always feel love with Alfredo. We, thanks God, be to God we have a really good marriage. It's the dynamic of the step-parenting, mm-hmm. uh, step-mom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And for um, so that's where I've learned to love because um, whenever the biological mom comes in or the stepkids come in, that's where it becomes difficult. Because a lot of times you don't feel that love. Even though you don't feel that love, you have to continue to love as Christ's love. Mm. Um, it may not be t- as much as you want to love the other those, those parties, but you can only love to a certain extent, And which is, I think, how God is with us. If we don't feel like being loved by God, we say no. And God is a gentleman. God will stop. Yes. He's like, okay, well, I will not show my love as much to you because that's what you want, so I'm going to respect that. So that's where... As a stepmom or a stepparent, we have to do the same. So I, there's a lot of uh, that learning and growing in, in mm-hmm. myself right now. Wow. And Alfredo mentioned that you are, are you working on a book or you want to begin to write a book? I have the first draft of my book. I need to wow. add more pages. It's a, a book for Catholic, for, for stepmoms. They don't yeah. have to be Catholic, but for stepmoms sharing how my Catholic faith has helped me um, That's beautiful. to learn, I guess, to learn how to love as God loves. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think that's very needed. So what brought you back together after the 14 months? Ah, that (laughs) was... Good question. Yeah. Well, well, it's... Like, I need more information. It's it's, it's interesting. Whenever... So, prior to to meeting Susan, um, I had this interesting thing where I, I never dreamed. You know, like, never. At night? Like, years. just didn't sleep and dream. Wow. I'd go to sleep, you know, darkness, wake up. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, nothing. I mean, there, there might have been some random synaptic firings during that, during that night to kind of clear clear the registers. But, you know, nothing of nothing. Mm. And so, for me, that was my normal. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find out that's not normal. But, <laughs> but I went years, years with, without any dreams at all. And then we started dating. And... As we started to get to know each other, I began to see that Susan was um, a woman of amazing character and caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that um, uh, I would never have thought I could uh, hope to to call my own. Yeah. And so, as I 
as I was doing that, you know, I was, you know, I was still praying to God and everything about you know my situation. But I had two dreams within a couple of days of each other. The first uh, of those dreams was basically just uh, God telling me that we were together kind of, you know, by his hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. But the second one was far more vivid. The second one was I had a vision of a uh, of a priest and we're all dressed in white. And a priest is um, is holding up a monstrance mm-hmm. and we're all in procession. And then Susan and I are walking behind him and then my five daughters are walking behind us oh, wow. all in procession. And you know, and that just convicted my heart that I'm like, okay, this is the woman that I'm going to marry. This is the woman that God has placed here for me because this is the woman that will help, that will be instrumental in helping me and my children get to heaven. And so I was convinced early. (laughs) Susan, not so much. (laughs) But he's very type A, so type A's apparently they're like, go, 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 this is going to happen. And I'm like, not even type A. So so I'm very very much, when when I'm convicted that something is right, I'm on it. Yeah, so, uh, which led to some friction between us a few times. Um, and also, when on that final breakup that Susan had mentioned, I had been very hurt, the previous breakup. Mm-hmm. Very hurt. Um, I mean, it, it, but it was interesting to me because the prayer that I shared with you earlier about who I wanted for a spouse, that she, mm-hmm. would, that, that she would understand that I would never put anybody above God. You know, a, a few weeks later, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there praying. Now, you got to understand, during this time, I went to confession, I don't know how many times, you know, because, you know, I was having all these bad thoughts about her family and all this stuff, so I'd mm-hmm. go to confession, yeah. confess them. Well, then, one of my favorite pilgrimage sites is down in the valley, Our, Our Lady of San Juan. Mm-hmm. And I love going down there, and so I'm like, okay, I need to go down there on pilgrimage. So I went down there, and uh, during the consecration, God just convicted me that I had placed Susan above him. Wow. And oh my gosh, I started bawling. Yeah. Like a like you know, I'm not sure people were really like, what, what, what this guy's problem, you know? <laughs> but it so crushed me mm. because it was true. And, you know, I remember just, you know, in my blubbering, just <laughs> asking God to please forgive me. I can't believe I I did that. I immediately went to confession afterwards and confessed that very thing. Um, but it, but right afterwards, I hear God tell me, she'll be back. And, I'm, and then I start crying again. <laughs> and, and this time I'm, I'm pleading with God. I'm saying, God, please, I, I don't know if I'm strong enough mm-hmm. to take this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But about three days later, she reached out to me and she wanted to get back together. Wow. And so, but this time, so up to this point, we'd been kind of in the shadows as far as her family was, was concerned. Mm-hmm. We, the, the, we, we, we were hiding the fact that we were seeing each other from mm-hmm. Her mother, because she didn't want to lose that, re- that relationship with her mother. Right. And also, as Susan mentioned, she had a lot of, um, she was a professional musician, and she had a lot of a lot of uh, gigs and obligations and stuff like that at the time. 
And so, I told her, look, I have two criteria. One is that your music schedule has to decrease mm -hmm. because it's not conducive to family life, having that much, that kind of schedule. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we have to tell your mother. Mm -hmm. I go, because it is not right. Mm -hmm. I go, she may not be happy, whatever else, but it's not right that she is, so she's being kept in the park. Mm -hmm. And so she agreed, contacted her mother. Of course, her mother cuts her off. Mm -hmm. um, then we were together for a few months, and then we broke up again, or she broke up with me again. But this time I was angry, mm -hmm. very angry. And I couldn't, I, um, I was upset at myself for allowing me to be taken mm -hmm. again, you know, into mm -hmm. this thing. I was upset at Susan. I was upset at her family. And this went on for a little bit, a little while, but I, I don't like feeling that way. Mm -hmm. I don't like having that, that animosity within me. Mm -hmm. So I was praying and praying to God to, you know, so, and I, I, I forgave Susan pretty quickly, but I couldn't find myself truly forgiving her family. And I would sit there and try and pray for them. I would pray for them. I would sit there. But it was just, you know, lip service. I wasn't really, I wasn't convicted, and I could tell. But I, I still kept trying to pray for them. So, over over this course of time, I went out with a bunch of other women during this time, and um, but I couldn't get Susan out of my heart and out of my mind. And I remember one one evening being frustrated, and I was just asking God, I go, God, why can't I, I go. She, she wants nothing to do with me. Why can't I be free of free of her? Mm -hmm. And so, um, fast forward a little bit, and I meet Drew Mariani for the first time. Okay, from Relevant Radio. Yeah, from, from Relevant Radio. And so, uh, he had come down to do a conference here, mm -hmm. and um, and so. I've been a I've been a supporter and volunteer for Forms of Truth for many years, mm -hmm. and so my, my job is I'm the schmoozer. <laughs> oh, that's a fun so, job. So so you know, I'm, I'm the guy that you know goes and picks up the the, the speakers. I take them to lunch or dinner. Oh, fun. I just make sure they're taken care of, and you know awesome. I try to make sure that they're entertained. And um, so so as a concert, I've gotten to meet some fascinating some fascinating people over the years. Oh, sure. Um, and by God's grace, to even call a few of them friend, mm -hmm. and Drew is one of them. So Drew, uh, you know, we kind of hit it off over we there chatting, and I had taken him down to go see the Mission of Divine Mercy outside uh, of outside of New Braunfels. Yes, my parents go there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Just my favorite place. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. And so, and so I, t I took him down there to see it because you know, he's a big Divine Mercy guy. Yes. And, and so, um, awesome. so we went down there and, and went to the Latin Mass on Sunday, and this happened to be the weekend of Divine Mercy. Oh my goodness. Oh it, wow. It, it was it was the weekend that. That uh, Pope uh, John Paul II and Pope John the Twenty Third were both yes. canonized. Oh, okay. I remember that day. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. so as we're out talking and we we, we went and uh, uh, we're waiting for our table at our at, I think we went to the Grismo if I remember right. Oh my gosh! My favorite restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're like totally so, speaking our language. We're gonna go on pilgrimage together. Uh, <laughs> this is what we're gonna do. Amen, sister. <laughs> like I said, I like to have a good time. But, um, I'm there. The. Uh, you know, we're sitting there uh, just chatting or whatever, and and he starts telling me about Our Lady of Good Help, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I had not heard of Our Lady of Good Help. Mm -hmm. He goes, "Oh, it's the only approved Marian apparition in the U.S." I'm like, "How have I not heard of this?" <laughs> yeah. 
And so we started talking. So he goes, he goes, hey, he goes, yeah, come on up. He goes, bring, bring your family. He goes, he goes, I, I got room in my place. Y'all guys can stay with us. Aww. And I'm like, now you gotta understand. At this point, I'm still uh, recovering from the divorce financially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have basically not two pennies to rub together, really. So I'm like, well, I don't know if this is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but God is God is God. Yeah. And God yeah. is good. And so, about a month later, so I, the way that I had met Susan was I used to bring different Catholic events to the area. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would bring movies and performers and stuff like that, and we'd have these Catholic events. You do like to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is awesome. Absolutely. So, um, a, a, a guy I knew who were now very good friends, he knew Tony Melinda's. Mm-hmm. And Tony Melinda's had 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 an opening all of a sudden and he was going to be close by so so he said hey can i play at your church mm-hmm. and so uh he, he calls me he goes hey would you be interested in bringing tony linda's i'm like oh yeah absolutely <laughs> he goes well it would be may 19th <laughs> and i'm like his name is scott i'm going scott that's uh 10 days from now <laughs> <laughs> and he's like uh, he's like yeah yeah and i'm like well, let me see what I can do. And so, We've had calls like that, too. So I get, so I get on the phone, <laughs> yeah. and I start, I, I start, you know, you know, trying to see if I can, first of all, get get a church. I think that our church was open. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. everything in line. Get And sure enough, you know, with it, by the end of the day, I call him back. I go, okay, I think we can do it. He goes, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I, think, I think we can do it. He goes, oh, okay, great. So so we, we, we brought Tony Mill in his butt. Um he was not going to be here. He and his family were about to leave because they actually live part-time here and part-time in Wisconsin. And so he, he, uh, he so he starts telling me, he goes, Hey, um, if your family were like, why don't you come up? We go, he goes, we, we have a, 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 a guest house that, that you guys can, can use. And, uh, and so, and, and I started thinking like, well, this is twice. I've been invited to Wisconsin. <laughs> twice. I've been, day, I, I've been, right? I've been, I've been given, a place to stay for place free, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay, well, I go, I'll see if I can make it work. So uh, we we try to make it work. So on the way there, uh, I had plotted out a bunch of places that we're going to stop on pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. So we 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 drove to St. Louis. There were about four pilgrimage sites there that we hit, and then we drove up to Holy Hill on the way, and did that pilgrimage, and then we got to um, got to got to Wisconsin. So before I left, though, I sent a text out to all my friends. And I sent a and and a an email and and Facebook messages saying, "Hey, I'm about to go on this pilgrimage. If there's any intentions you have, please share them with me, and I'll pray for them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, on pilgrimage." And so I got like this avalanche. Of, yeah. like, I mean, every time at every pilgrimage site, I prayed these intentions. It was like 45 minutes wow. of, 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 of of prayers for intentions. But I even reached out to Susan. I was like sitting there grumbling. I'm like, "Well, I'll reach out to Susan," and so she responded. And she goes, yes, please pray for my family. Mm-hmm. And as I shared, I was having real problems with them. I'm like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe that's what she wants me to pray for. Oh, yeah. you're fine. But, you know, by God's grace, we get to the first book on your side, which was, which was Our Lady of Snows, just outside of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And my daughters and I, we, um, we, we sit down, we, we, we kneel down, and I start praying. And I get, you know, I'm praying this huge litany of intentions. And I get down to Susan's and I pray for her family. And I genuinely prayed for her family. Wow. 
and I remember afterwards I was thinking, God, I go, thank you, Lord, for finally allowing me to pray for them mm-hmm. and, um, and mean it, actually. And so, you know, I, so I went through all this. Well, if I go back a little bit, from the time that Drew had, um, had mentioned earlier that he could help, I just felt this draw, mm-hmm. this, this pull, this tug. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I knew that this was something I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And by God's grace, things fell into place, and sure enough. Mm-hmm. So I go to the shrine of Brother Good Help. I kneel down, because I, I, know, I, know, I know she's been calling me. Mm-hmm. I'm praying. I go, okay, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for this grand commission, right? Like, <laughs> what do you have for me? <laughs> yeah, 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 nothing. Yeah, I was like, oh, but nothing. So I'm waiting, nothing. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be back in a couple of days. I'll give you a couple more days. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll this out later. so I went off, and then we ended up being you know, going on Drew's show to pray the chaplet. My, oh, my, oh so, fun! So my five daughters each did a, each did a decade oh, of the chaplet, uh-huh. and they were all little at this time. You know, they're, my, my, they're all they're all teenagers now, and so I go back again, and and I pray my intentions, my litany of intentions again, <laughs> and and then I'm now I'm pleading with her. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I go, Holy Mother, I know you've been calling me. I felt your call. Yeah. I'm here. And I just felt her tell me, this pilgrimage was my gift to you mm-hmm. and your daughters. And I'm like, thank you. She just wanted to love you. Yep. Mm-hmm. She wanted to show us, because we'd had a tough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the divorce, as tough as it was on me, it's tougher on the kids. Yeah. And this was a joyful time for us. Oh, what a gift. But it also opened up the gates of grace. Mm-hmm. Because by allowing me to pray... For Susan's family, at that same time, unbeknownst to me, Susan starts having a conversion of her own mm-hmm. with re- with regards to how she's viewing married life and being a mother of a step, you know, to mm-hmm. to to, to you know, stepmother to five girls, and so you know, after we got back together, we kind of aligned things, and we realized that on the same weekend. That, that this was happening for me, she was at a retreat. Mm. Wow. And had, and I'll, I'll let her show what happened Yes, I was in adoration. Um, wasn't even thinking about Alfredo, and then all of a sudden during adoration, I hear the words, do not worry about your mother. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even, that was not even on my mind. And so I uh, came back from the retreat, um, and then on Monday morning went to work, uh, opened up my email, and I see an email from Alfredo that says, can we meet? I'm like, Sure. So we meet, and I told him, I said, I feel like God's asking us to be married. And wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we got back that's together. That's <laughs> beautiful. Wow. It's almost like God needed to give you time so that he could work in your hearts mm-hmm. individually so that mm-hmm. when you came together, you would be, like, more whole and able to love one another yeah. in a beautiful way without all these things. No, I think, yeah. I think that's absolutely true because, as Susan pointed out, I had certain expectations and so did she, but they were not properly aligned. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to myself, I had placed Susan on a pedestal that only is reserved for God. Mm-hmm. Um, for her, she had allowed fear mm. to control her, and fear has no place in the heart of a Christian. Yeah, and God works works in our hearts in the dark when we don't know it. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we got back together, uh, had dinner with his kids again, and at the moment when we were having dinner, I, I started seeing my heart, like, my eyes were open, like, 
not gonna I'm here I'm not gonna be a maid I mean this is not what he's asking me it's like all these lies had just started broke breaking and and I was like I'm here to serve you know like we're all here to serve everyone wherever we're put at we're all here to serve and this is just my little service mm-hmm. you know to the family um, and so yeah the Lord was working in my heart I didn't even know that during those 14 months that is so beautiful. So that's how we got back together. And, and, you know, and by God's grace, our, our, our marriage has been um, very blessed. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we had a rocky uh, courtship. Mm-hmm. But by, by God's grace, we, we've, we've had a beautiful marriage. Were you able to reconcile with your family? No, I've, I've, uh, I did reach out once and without a response. So, yeah, so sorry. please keep praying for them. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We all will be praying. Thank you for sharing that with us. That is so that's probably a little bit longer intro than you were expecting. No, but. no. <laughs> I just love what the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, we're not going to follow your plan. We're going this way. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah. So yeah. do you want to tell us about how you fell in love with the angels? Yeah. And sure. So kind of like Kendra, I had had, you know, um, I've always been blessed with a mind that is pretty quick at um, absorbing knowledge mm-hmm. and manipulating knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, studying things like theology, church history, mm-hmm. philosophy, those are things. That's like my that that that's that's my comfort zone. <laughs> you know, no problem. I love I love doing that. Mm-hmm. But getting into the nitty gritty of the heart and soul, mm-hmm. not so much. Right. <laughs> Um, whereas my wife is far more gifted in that area than I am. And so what I found is over the years of my being, um, you know, coming back to the church and I, mm-hmm. when I, when I came back to the church, I, I shared with you my, you know, my experience with, uh, that good priest who helped me, but also during that time, you know, for the first few years I read voraciously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read all the documents of Vatican II. I wow. Read, yeah, I, 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 I read the... <laughs> That's not easy reading. No. I, I read the entire Bible twice. Wow. wow. I thought I, read, I had like a yeah. voracious appetite when I came into the church. <laughs> I, I read, I read uh, the writings of the church fathers. Well, wow, you know, that's amazing. And, you know, and, I, and I studied a lot of church history, uh-huh. did a lot of... and, But I had a lot of knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know God, mm-hmm. and I and I was starting to get more and more convicted of that as mm-hmm. as time went on, and when the divorce happened, it really brought to light kind of how superficial a lot of my faith had been. Wow. Now, from externally, you know, I'm a hardcore Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know I'm you know I'm at church all the time, daily mass as much as I can. Right. You know. Uh, I was teaching a variety of different classes. I was mm-hmm. very involved in different, you know, sort on several different boards for different things. You know, I'm very involved in a lot of things. But interiorly, I was not, I was an infant. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowing God to take root in my soul the way I, sh- the way I should have. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as God can bring good out of anything, I think the turmoil and pain of the divorce helped to till that soil of my heart and my soul to be receptive yeah. so that God could yeah. really take take residence there. 
sometimes we have to be mm-hmm. in a place of suffering and like almost rock bottom in order exactly. for God to be able to enter into our hearts. Yeah. Yeah, and I conceptually knew in my angel. I, you know, uh-huh. I uh, theologically understood the necessity of the garden angel and mm-hmm. all this stuff, but I had no real relationship with my angel at all. Mm-hmm. And I desired to have one, but I didn't know I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, I don't, know, I don't even know how we, where to begin. It's such a hard concept yeah. to even wrap your brain around. Yeah. Well, then we met this good priest at a Fullness of Truth conference, <laughs> uh, Father Wolfgang Seitz. And he's a and he is with an order, Opus Sanctorum Angelorum, or they refer to those usually as Opus Angelorum, but the work of the holy angels. Mm. And so he had he had during that weekend, you know, we like I said, I'm the schmoozer. So we, you know, <laughs> we took him out to dinner a few times and we got to know him pretty well and, and he was encouraging Susan and I to do the consecration of the garden angels. Mm-hmm. And he asked me a couple of times and I'm like, oh, I don't know, because you know, in my mind I'm like, Hey, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. I've already got all these all these it's irons and fire. Yeah, because it's a year long commitment. Yeah. yeah. And um but Susan was very excited about it. And then uh we're at dinner one we're at dinner one evening. <laughs> Father Wolfgang had a had a had a good line that I couldn't really uh come back with. Um and he goes, You know, Alfredo, the angels were good enough for the holy family. <laughs> They're probably good enough for you. <laughs> he Jesus juked. Totally <laughs> How do you say yeah. no to that? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hmm. Okay, fine. Well, then I'm like, okay. Well, you know, Susan has this has this desire to do it. Mm-hmm. It'll be a nice opportunity for her and I to have a daily devotion together where we can sit and discuss this. Mm-hmm. So I'm on board. Well, little did I know the spiritual fruit and the spiritual growth that I would get mm-hmm. in that process. And I remember after about the, is it the third month, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I mentioned, I, I I was away from the church for mm-hmm. a good portion of my whole life. But like I, like I always tell people, it's I wasn't even an atheist because an atheist at least contemplates God. Mm-hmm. I was a hedonist. Mm-hmm. I contemplated my own pleasure, mm-hmm. period. And so I had a, when I came back to the church, I had a lot of issues dealing with the past that I had mm-hmm. that I had and um, one of the things that helped me immensely was reading the Confessions of St. Augustine mm-hmm. I was going to say you sound like a St. Augustine to me <laughs> so, <laughs> you got to be a lover of him and, 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 and that was how I actually got started into the whole mm-hmm. bringing of events okay. was I brought the movie Confession, the Confessions of St. Augustine to oh, Austin cool. oh, wow. and so and that's how Susan and I kind of started good, get to know each other so you know St. Augustine came back around yeah. to me but anyways, I'm a Saint Augustine too. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Saying, I'm, well, I'm there too. You know, on my on my backpack where I carry my my laptop and everything around me all the time, I've got you know you see those tiny saints. Right? Oh yes, yeah. So I've got, so I've got, so I've got a, a, tiny, tiny. a tiny Saint Augustine, a tiny Saint Ambrose, and a tiny Saint Joseph. I love that. <laughs> Hanging so out the things. But anyways, you know, one of the one of the concepts they, that they that they bring forth in there is how. The demons and the angels interact with us, and how, how different it is, you know. Um, so we have to use kind of the language of uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas. We have higher and lower faculties. Mm-hmm. Higher faculties are things like intellect and reason. Mm-hmm. Lower faculties are passions, emotions, things like that. Um, the angels will deal with us through our higher faculties. Demons 
we'll deal with this through our lower faculties. Oh, shame and guilt and absolutely testing your oh absolutely. Wow. I never heard of it that way. And so, in the you know as a as a quick thing, when you're discerning something, that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. What's being impacted? Is it my emotions? Is it my passions? Or is it my intellect and reason? Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that, the, that your, potion, your, your passions and emotions can't come up in a positive way mm-hmm. in response to something that's being... But it has to be intellectually and reasonably in line with the will of God. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's always a good place to start in, in discernment. But anyways, in that, in that chapter... One, one of the issues that I had is almost like clockwork. One particular memory from my past during the consecration would pop up. Mm-hmm. And then I'd sit there fighting that memory mm-hmm. when I should be adoring my Lord. Yeah. And this went on for years. You know, I, I, I felt like the uh, uh, hemorrhaging woman. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. who just had this constant thing. Well, then, in that, you know, one of the things that they talk about is like, your angel can purify memories for you. Kendra. And that makes sense. She had this. I'm sorry. We'll talk about that. You carry on. Like, well, I'll, I'll make this quick. So, no, no, don't make it quick. You're so good. The, you ne- go. the, ne- the next time I'm at, I'm at mass, like clockwork. Here comes that memory again. And I just, in desperation, <laughs> I cry out to my angel. I say, dear angel, please mm-hmm. purify this memory for me. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have the memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it no longer has a hold on me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, you know, and I felt like that hemorrhaging woman who had touched, yeah. touched the end of the robe of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in an instant, I was healed. And that completely changed my perspective on, on, on what I was involved in. Mm-hmm. And I saw personally the power of the angel mm-hmm. in an instant, and and through that, I got to know Father Wolfgang much more over the years. I became a lot more involved because again, one of my gifts is I'm I'm a reasonably good teacher of things, mm-hmm. and I can take things that are complicated and usually make them uh, accessible to to, like to, to others. <laughs> That's um, a gift. That is a gift, and so. Um, so for the last uh, few years, I've also been helping them by teaching classes on, uh, on the various formation uh, letters. Really? Yeah. So in fact, I, in fact, I'll be teaching a couple classes tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. So, Why yeah. will be there? <laughs> <laughs> Clear the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so, so That's that, awesome. that, so that was kind of the, that was the tipping point for me. Yeah. And then I was all in. And so, you know, we've done our consecration to our guardian angel. We've done our consecration to all the angels. Okay. Um, and uh, to we're all the, the angels. Mm-hmm. So does that mean like the archangels so, or yeah, to every every, every angel. angel? Are they and separate so, ones or just separate yeah? So, okay. so, so the first consecration. So, if we talk about um, the sacraments, mm-hmm. and we talk about baptism and confirmation, they both impart grace, right? You know, the sacrament is what it does. It imparts, it imparts grace. But there's a difference. Baptism gives us everything that we need for our personal salvation. Mm-hmm. Every, everything, every gift, everything that we need for us to get to heaven 
is given to us in baptism. Mm -hmm. In confirmation, we're given what we need to help our spouse, our children, mm -hmm. our neighbor get to heaven. So similarly with the consecration of the, to the angels, my consecration regarding angels for my personal sanctification. You know, uh, I'm trying to remember which, which priest it was that had to talk about the Terminator. He, 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 he was talking about he was, he was talking about demons being like you know Satan being like the Terminator. Mm -hmm. So for the old for the, for those of you who are as old as I am, there's a <laughs> movie back in the '80s called The Terminator, and there's a scene in there. It's about this robot that comes from the future to come back to kill somebody, so that somebody who who has an impact on their on the robots have taken over the world in the future, who who is who is defeating the robots in the future, they come back in time to kill his mother, so that he's never born. So, they also send back a human to try to protect the mother. Well, the human is like trying to explain to them the the seriousness of the situation. He goes, "You don't understand. He'll never stop. He never sleeps. He doesn't eat." He won't stop until she's dead. And, you know, and that's a good way to look at, 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 how, the, at how the demonic works. Mm -hmm. They don't sleep. Mm -hmm. They don't eat. They just desire our destruction. Mm -hmm. And they desire our destruction because they know it will be painful to God. Mm -hmm. That is all they live for. Mm -hmm. But conversely, we have... You know, you, you know that old Garth Brooks song is, you know, I, I have friends in low places. <laughs> you know, we have friends in high places. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that holy friend, that dear friend, our guardian angel. Yeah. His mission, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat. His mission is you. Yeah. His mission is Kendra. His mission is Susan. His mission is me, Megan. We, that's his mission. Mm -hmm. To get you to heaven. He knows you better than anybody does. Better than your spouse, yeah. better than your parents, better than your kids, better than your confessor. Mm -hmm. He loves you more purely than any of them do. And he's absolutely more patient than any of them do. And he does so because of his love for God, his intense love for God. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does this with full abandonment because he knows it's God's desire. Mm -hmm. And that's what you learn when you consecrate yourself to your guardian angel, you learn of the intense love that they have for you. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, hopefully you learn to trust your angel, to give your life over to your angel, because your angel will never do anything contrary to the will of God. Your angel will never do anything that is not for your absolute best to get you to heaven. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for them. Mm -hmm. They're in perfect harmony with the will of God. And in fact, um, the guardian angel prayer that we all know, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's mm -hmm. love commits me here, ever this day be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. And then he goes, take me by the hand, I promise docile obedience to your guidance that, that I may attain eternal happiness. That last portion is something that's added by Opus Angelorum mm -hmm. to, drive point, to drive home the point that we need to be docile to our angel. Too often we... Um, have caricatures of angels. We mm -hmm. we think that angels are like these little cherubs that are kind of floating around with these little yeah. wings and stuff like that. Yeah, I had a the image of the children crossing the bridge yeah. and the angels over them. That yeah. that's always been my imagery mm -hmm. of guardian angels since I was little. And and I, I was like, yeah. I know it's more than that, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, angels were the first creatures of God. 
mm-hmm. created for us. Angels are of a higher order than we are. Mm-hmm. They have the dumbest demon in the world is many times smarter than the most intelligent person ever to walk the earth. They'll know scripture backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. They'll know the church's teachings. They'll know everything. They'll know everything. But what they don't, what they lack is they lack humility. Mm. And so that is a stumbling point for them. And there's a great, there's a great quote from St. Um, Vincent de Paul, I believe, who, who says, you know, that humility is the ultimate weapon against the devil mm. because he has no concept of it and no idea how to deal with it. Wow. Because it's, it's something completely contrary to, to, to their state of life. So, you know, that's one thing to remember about the angelic is the whole process of the guardian angel is akin to the baptism. This is that it's for our personal sanctification. Mm-hmm. If we can increase and um, build up that relationship with our angel, because remember, the angel's already already trying to have a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're the, the problem. Right. <laughs> and, um, I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there's a, there's a, a great um, uh, Catholic evangelist. His name is Terry Barber. And he's got, he's got the, the, the awesome line. He goes, you know, guardian angels have the highest unemployment rate in the world. Because no one ever asks them to do anything. <laughs> that's funny. And, and it's true. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Because they're, they're, yeah. that's their desire. Now, but it is key to remember that we ask our angel. Yeah. We never command our angel. Our angel is a, is a higher authority than we are. Okay. You know, they're not our servant. Abs- absolutely not. Mm-hmm. They serve out of love. Gotcha. But they are not our slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they are definitely not our inferior. Mm-hmm. We're not their superior. But they're there to serve, mm-hmm. and they desire to serve because that's right. pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. So whenever you engage with your angel, do it with reverence. Mm-hmm. Do it with fear. Do it with humility, but do it with confidence. Mm. Confidence that this being has your best interest in heart and always will. Mm-hmm. And so that's for your sanctity. Now, the consecration to all the holy angels is more akin to confirmation. Now we try to work with the angels in the salvific plan of God in his church. And we pray for priests. Like one of the things that we do is we. Uh, on Thursdays, we'll, we'll, we'll say special prayers for, for our priests. On Fridays, we try to unite ourselves to the Passion of Christ um, in different, you know, in various ways. Um, but that's kind of one of the things that you take on whenever you consecrate yourself to all the angels. You start adding that into the mix, and then there's a few more things after that. But, awesome. but the whole idea, the whole purpose of this, is just to do the will of God, yeah. and to do it more effectively. And to and by and by bringing in the angels, you know we're bringing experts. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, what do you do whenever you're, you're you're stuck somewhere? You bring in an expert to, to, to get you unstuck. Mm-hmm. Well, if we want, if we're stuck on our path to heaven, if we're st- if we're not sure how to get there, we have the ultimate guide. We just yeah. have to ask. Right. Yeah. That's but cool. as a, as that as that addition in the in the line of the guardian angel says. Take me by the hand. Mm-hmm. Let me be docile to your guidance. 
that I may attain eternal happiness. And it's that docility that we have to work on. Mm-hmm. Because too often, this is what we want from God and from our angel. I have I have my idea of what I want to do. Now I just need your rubber stamp approval. Right. Yeah. So, all right, God, I want to do this. Tell me it's okay. <laughs> no. God, is this your will? And if it's not your will, whether I like it or not, it's not his will. Mm-hmm. My, my, my um, desires and my uh, preferences are secondary, mm-hmm. not primary. How did you grow in um, throughout your consecration and your communication with your guardian angel? Or, or well, I wouldn't say that it's uh, particularly great even now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because of the way I'm wired. Um, but one thing I, I do do is I, I, I do have, a, I think, a very active understanding of my reliance on my angel. Mm-hmm. And so while I'm not in constant conversation mm-hmm. with my angel, I am, I hope, constantly open mm-hmm. to his guidance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a, a, a big change for me. Didn't you say something about how the angel allows us to access the Holy Spirit more or something? Yes. Yeah, that's what they talked about at the silent retreat. Because here's one of my questions. I like to follow the Holy Spirit. Sure. (laughs) I'm one of those people that's, you know, okay, what's God calling me to next kind of thing. And then something, like, amazing will happen, and I will fully know that it is of God. And then I think, was that the Holy Spirit? Was that my guardian angel? Who do I think? I don't know. (laughs) And then I get, like, wrapped up in the, like, well... Who's guiding me? Somebody's guiding me. I don't know. But so I'm assuming they work in tandem somehow, right? Yeah. Like say, yeah. All so, for the glory of God. That's what that's what I say. Um, we have the weakness of of wanting to know yeah. that, we, that, that we have uh, that we've been acknowledged mm-hmm. uh-huh. for something that we did. They don't. Okay, good. Because I feel like I'm not acknowledging, and I'm yes. not bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As that long as as long as it is acknowledged, yeah, I acknowledge mm-hmm. that it's Be- because of God. Of God exactly, okay. mm-hmm. because um, back to that quote: "There is no pride in heaven, mm-hmm. zero. Mm-hmm. There is no God. pride in heaven." Mm-hmm. That's good, and that's why it's foundational for for anyone who's serious about spiritual growth. You know, the the first thing to work on is humility. Mm-hmm. Because any other virtue will be clouded unless you enter with a humble heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can grow in all these other virtues, but they won't be what they need to be mm-hmm. if you're not humble. And docile, I like that yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. I love that yeah. word. So you said you had a, uh, a, a, oh, yeah. a memory or something. That well, was... so it's funny. So whenever I was going um, on the silent retreat... <laughs> And now it's all making sense. It totally makes sense. Sorry, I kind of uh, screamed at the middle of it. No. Yeah, I was like, what are you screaming about? Oh. <laughs> um, so, at the simultaneously, on the silent retreat, it was like the Lord wanted to walk me through, I've been calling it Jesus triage. Um, well, okay. I handed you a book, right? Yeah, you, you gave left. me a like, book. Like, randomly. You said, do you have any books I could take with me on this retreat? Yes, and yes. I said, well, I've been reading this book called Undone, and it's about spiritual healing mm-hmm. and going back through wounds and mm-hmm. and she was like okay <laughs> yeah, sure and it's something that I've been curious so, uh, about did you say unbound undone undone okay yeah. yes we're very interested in the unbound yeah we're, we're doing That's unbound another thing <laughs> yeah um, so on this journey 
I would all of a sudden have these memories that I had completely forgotten about. And um, on the retreat, they talked about uh, sanctifying the space that you're in with uh, Sanctus, Sanctus, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful prayer. And and it was, I think, I think it was my guardian angel that helped me kind of connect those two. But as these memories were coming up um, and going through this book, I would go into that place and invite the Lord there. And then with my guardian angel, pray that prayer in that space and sanctify it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been just a lot of realizations about myself, about family, about sure. um, how I've been formed by them and the Lord redeeming them in such beautiful ways. And it's mm-hmm. making sense that my guardian angel has helped me to purify those memories. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just these two separate things on the same weekend. It was all... Well, and didn't you say that orchestrated at the retreat, they started everything by using that prayer yes purifying the space and that you had an idea well how about I pray it during these memories it wasn't like anybody told her at the retreat to do that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the guardian angel I know that's amazing (laughs) the guardian angel so the sanctus as you you mentioned um, you know sanctus 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 dominus deus sabbath benedictus quidenit in nomine domini in excelsis benedictus quidenit in nomine domini osana in excelsis and that, you know, it's the Latin version of the holy, holy, holy. Yeah. But the reason that power, that power of sanctification is there, because where, where is that, where is that being prayed unceasingly? Mm-hmm. In heaven. At the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no holier place. Oh, right. There is no holier place. It's the prayer of the angels. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to play, if you want a holy place, mm-hmm. pray the prayer of the angels. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and by God's grace, you'll have a holy yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. One, one thing that they talked about that I'm still unpacking, and maybe you can help with this, um, but they talked about how we can share our Holy Communion with our guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? So this is one of the more difficult aspects of uh, angelology. Uh-huh. Um, so angels are creatures, just like we are. Mm-hmm. Angels are rational, just like we usually are. <laughs> we can't be. Yeah. Angels have personalities. I've heard that not one single angel has the same personality. Exactly. Angels yeah. are unique. Tons. As unique <laughs> as every funny. person is, mm-hmm. even more so for the angels in a lot of ways because of their higher uh, capacity for intellect and reason. Mm-hmm. So they're all unique. We forget that. We are a bridge between the physical and the metaphysical. Mm-hmm. We are unique in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mankind is... So if we look at the Holy Trinity, we look at God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And if we look at God the Father as, as the authority, you know, even the Son being subject to the authority of the Father, right? So, in that context, in that relationship, we have a son that gives all to the father. We have a spirit that receives all from the son and the father and gives all to us. The son is corporal and spiritual. The Holy Spirit is only spiritual. Our angels are only spiritual. Mm-hmm. 
they don't kind of like when I shared with you earlier about my understanding of knowing about God mm-hmm. intellectually intellectually they can know that Jesus suffered on the cross mm-hmm. intellectually they can know that I'm receiving communion but they can't know because they don't have the faculties to do so mm-hmm. they lack a corporal nature they don't have a body mm-hmm. so you know one of the things that I get asked every now and then is like well, I want to do something for my angel he does everything for me mm-hmm. I want to do something for him and you know that's a beautiful sentiment mm-hmm. and and what you can do for your angel is when you're holding his hand hold it tight mm-hmm. during communion so that he can sit there and experience communion with you. So he can understand that, you know, this was the this was the stumbling block for Satan and those and, and, and the fallen angels. The stumbling block was humility. Mm-hmm. Because God was going to humble himself and enter creation. And not even enter as an angel. Like, okay, well, God, if you're going to enter your creation, you'll probably come in as a seraphim mm-hmm. or something like that. No. Yeah, Cain's a human. Yeah. Cain's all the way down as a lowly human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't humble enough, now he presents himself in bread and wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God yeah. is the ultimate example of humility. Mm-hmm. Think about that. The omnipotent the omniscient, the omnipresent God, author of the universe, is waiting for us in our tabernacle. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for Kendra, he's waiting for Megan, mm-hmm. he's waiting for me, he's waiting for Susan to come and be with him. To be with him there in, in physical space mm-hmm. and then to be with him there in the intimate space of our very being whenever we consume him. In communion. This is something the angels can't truly appreciate. But if we unite ourselves with our angel, they can share in the experience with us. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can do for your angel. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? And that's just scratching the surface. It's mind blowing. Yeah, I just want to add, add this real quick. But um, one of the, the big things that my angel allowed me to realize so um for a long time i had the biggest fear of death mm-hmm. um because it's the one thing that i have to do by myself i can't just hey you want to come do death with me <laughs> like, <laughs> like we go to the bathroom together you know um and so that terrifies me and the thought of um possibly going to purgatory and not being able to go straight to see jesus and be in his arms and just all those things just being apart from him but all by myself and um, but your guardian angel journeys with you through death, visits you in purgatory, and waits for you in heaven. Aww. And so, my friend, who's right here, mm-hmm. um, forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. So, someone asked if you can ask other people's angels to pray for them. Like, can we ask our children's angels to protect them while they're gone? Absolutely. Or go to Mass with them. Absolutely. Okay. And again, the key word is ask. Ask. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Now, but remember, they're very receptive. Yeah. They're 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 longing to help. You know, so yeah, I mean they'll they'll do what they can because you know I um 
I desire so much for my daughters to have a, a, a stronger relationship with Christ than they have right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all teenagers now, so everything's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. out of whack and all this stuff. But as much as I desire that, their angels desire it even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as I'm working towards it, they're working many times more than I am. Mm-hmm. And so this is where you just have to trust. And this is one of the things that, I, that a, a, a good... A good, some of the best advice I've received. You know, I was, I was in spiritual direction with a, with a good priest friend of mine, and we're, and I, when I was talking about like what's 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 kind of weighing on me, and what's weighing on me is, the sanctity of my daughters. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in this horrific world that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had such. This poignant advice. He said, because he knows my daughters as well. And he goes, he goes, look, Alfredo. He goes, you've formed your daughters. They're past being formed. Mm-hmm. Your job now is to model the father. Mm-hmm. To model that unconditional and unwavering love of God the Father. Mm-hmm. Are they going to make mistakes? Absolutely. You know, I make mistakes all the time. Ask my confessor. <laughs> you know but as long as they know that you love them they will come back even whenever they make new mistakes mm-hmm. and that's what I was sharing with you earlier when I went to San Jose that first time mm-hmm. and you know made sure it didn't interfere with my Cowboys game <laughs> and after I had that experience at Mass I called my mother that evening and I told her, hey, Mom, I, I went to Mass today. And she was like, you know, so happy. <laughs> praising all this. And she goes, she goes, you know, she goes, you know, Michael, you know, son. She goes, I have prayed every single day to St. Joseph for you. Wow. And I hadn't told her. I go, and I started laughing. I go, well, I go, Mom, I went to San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and so, you know. And here um, you are wearing a shirt that says Terra but you're uh, <laughs> St. Joseph. And, yeah. and actually, um, I talked tomorrow that I'll, uh, one of the talks I'll be giving will be, uh, we'll have a heavy dose of St. Joseph in it. Because oh, awesome. the talk is on silence. Yeah, just thank you for your time. Oh, thank absolutely. Thank you for coming yeah. here. Yeah. And, and, and thank you for your work. Yeah, thank, you, th- right. thank you for, um, you know, for your yes. I mean, yeah. you know, because I was thinking about your situations. I mean, my goodness, you, you're, you're both uh, young, young mothers <laughs> with a, uh, House full of kids, mm-hmm. and uh, and yet you make time for this. Amen. And may God bless you for it, because it, it it's you. it's a uh, you know I'm sure you get a lot of that also. We do. It gives us but, life for sure. But it's it's easy to sit there and just fall into that trap. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Yeah. I'm too busy. You know, a, a really a, a priest friend of mine who is one of the busiest men I know. Uh, he was. I was talking to him, and you could just see how tired he was, because he was just running around like crazy. And I told him, like, you know what? Archbishop Sheen had the best line about this. He goes, "Don't ever let people chastise you for burning the candle at both ends. Just tell them that's twice the light for Christ." <laughs> oh, amen. I love that so I do much. too. I do get some comments sometimes that why do you do so much? Yeah. That's, that's, and thank you to your husbands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 We've been kind of burning the candle lately. Yes. <
not, and obviously, yes. you know, there's prudence involved in, the, sure. in everything. You know, mm-hmm. you know, not at the expense of your marriage. Not at the For expense sure. of your, right, right. You know. We're very blessed to but, have but a we, village. But we tend to have yeah, a lot of free time in the day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we, you know, you know, so there, you know, we can use that free time a little more comfortably. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and thank you for, for what you're doing. Thank, thank you. you very it's much. It's a gift. I'm so glad we get to be a part well, of it. Well, how about we close with a prayer to the guardian angel? Oh, yes. Yes. And then I have one silly question. So we didn't get any questions. I have one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? Well, I'll tell you what. I've had hot dog sandwiches. Oh. Because what I do, because I love hot dogs. Okay. So, you know, like, you ever seen those big giant hot dogs you get sometimes, you know, and they're a little too big? Yeah. So yeah. what I do is I'll, I'll split them down the middle, and uh-huh. then I'll grill the inside and outside. Oh. And then, since they're so long, I'll cut them in half, and, and then, I got, then I've got basically four surfaces of the grill. <laughs> And I make that into a sandwich. That's genius. Perfect so, answer. That's so genius. that that is the hot dog sandwich. Okay, right there. when Wiener Schnitzel comes out with that, <laughs> they should really pay you for it. Hey, hey, absolutely. So I'm, I'm 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 a big fan of hot. But you know, it's so sad because I love hot dogs. Uh-huh. My my daughters have been um, snobbified to the point to where they won't eat like bologna or hot dog oh. because because yeah, that's uh, yes. that's you know beneath them. By Costco mm. brand hot dogs are the best. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Susan? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Angel of God, my, my guardian, guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Take me by the hand, I promise docile obedience to your guidance, that I may attain eternal happiness. Amen. Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus Sabal, Plenis in Celia Gloria Tua, O Sanin Chelsis, Benedictus Criveni in Nomini Domini, O Sanin Chelsis, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Amen. Thank you.